how it lights my path, how it guides my way. Good. Moses on Sinai. In the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of, of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. And the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I shall come to you in a thick cloud in order that you may hear when I speak with you and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you that you're a meeting God. You meet us in whatever place we're at and you uh, bless us and you encourage us and you build us and you restore us, Lord. We thank you that you're a renewing, restoring, loving Father. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, we have testimonies here that give testimonies to you about your work in our lives. And we bless you for that, Lord. Lord, help us to hear from, uh, from Debbie, Lord, to unpack what she has for us, Lord, from your heart, Lord, that it may build us, restore us, reinvigorate us, Lord, and uh, keep us going and following after you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Debbie. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> it still is just about morning. That's good. Um, I'm very sorry this morning that because of our technical issues, um, I don't have my beautiful PowerPoint that I created for you. So I want you just to imagine the most wonderful, inspiring, life-giving images that you can possibly think of that will come and help this message to land home in our hearts this morning. But I apologize, they're not here to help us on the screen behind me this morning. So you'll just have to listen to my voice for a few minutes because what I want to share from this passage, and I've called it Moses Mountain Meetings, um, because that's what it's all about. We have this little snapshot here of Moses walking up God's mountain, Mount Sinai. That's the place where the Ten Commandments were given to him. We have this snapshot of this moment where Moses takes a journey to meet with God and there are wonderful things that ensue 
from those meeting times when Moses goes up the mountain to meet with God. And in this passage today, we have words that come from God, words that describe to us the kind of things that happen in our lives when we have an encounter with the living God, when we meet with Jesus, just like we heard from Elena, as she met the Lord in his word, in the scriptures, and something flooded into her life that empowered her and changed her and transformed her and set her on a pathway to walk with Jesus from then on in. And all of us will have stories like that. And really the message that I want to bring to us this morning, that I want to encourage us in, is that I believe the Lord wants us to move into a new season together of faith and prayer. Very simple, what I want to say to us this morning. But faith-filled prayer, which has far more expectation in it of what can happen when we meet the Lord in prayer, of what an encounter with Jesus is going to be about. I believe the Lord wants us to step into a new season together in prayer where we have more faith about what he is able to do and what he is able to accomplish in our lives when we meet him in that way. And I wonder how you would describe your prayer life at the moment. If you just take a little moment to reflect on it and think about how you pray. And uh, probably if you're like me, or if you've um, been a Christian for a long time, if you've been following Jesus for a while, then you will go through different seasons of prayer. You will have different rhythms of prayer. There will be different ways that you pray, different modes and methods, um, different resources that you might use at different times. And that's all really good and really right and really healthy. But I wonder what season you are in now, right now. Um, is your prayer life kind of like a continually open line with the Lord, um, where there's a sort of a stream of consciousness going on all of the time, all of your thoughts and all of your ideas and all of your longings and think, th anxieties and worries and pressures. You're kind of continually releasing them to the Lord. You know he's there in that kind of ongoing way. Or is prayer happening really just when we're on our own in behind closed doors in our houses or we have a particular moment where we want to stop at the end of the day, at the beginning of a day? <clears throat> Are we praying mostly really just when we're with other people um, and we get together in a house group or at church or something and that's when our prayers start to flow? Do we find that our prayers are mostly a pouring out of our worries and our fears and our needs? Is our praying kind of mostly focused on the stuff that we know we ought to pray about and so we're kind of choosing to do that because we know we should but maybe there's not much passion um, behind those prayers? I think it can be really easy when you've been following the Lord for a while. We can get into a place um, where because we know we've got an open line to God, that actually our prayers become very much locked into a sort of worrying that's going on in our hearts. Oh, you know, and we're sort of saying to ourselves and to the Lord, oh, I'm really worried about so-and-so, and I'm really concerned about this, and, and Lord, there's something that needs to happen about that. And it's a kind of an ongoing um, consciousness before the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have those kinds of prayers going on. 
But the kind of prayer that really starts to move and shake and change things and see things changed in the heavenly places is the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith looks a bit different from that. It is more specific. It is more deliberate. And it looks a bit more like Moses must have done when he had to stop everything else he was doing, leave it all behind, get ready for a journey, a hard work journey, because he was going to go up a mountain and climb a place because he knew that in that higher place was somewhere he could meet with God. He had to be deliberate. He had to be conscious. He had to decide, I've got something to talk through with the Lord. I'm going to make a time to do it. I'm going to leave other things behind so that I can do it. I'm going to get on this journey and take some steps and get out of the space of the busyness of life. Whether that's for a long time, for Moses, this was a longer journey days perhaps. For us, maybe we don't have days to take. We may do at time to time in our lives. We may decide that there are times we need to take a few days out to go and meet with the Lord in prayer over an issue, over something we need to get hold of in Him, over a breakthrough that we're looking for in our lives. Maybe we don't have that kind of time easily available, but nevertheless, we can make a deliberate journey to move up the mountain and meet with the Lord. Because if we do, that's kind of the beginning of faith in our prayers. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your lives right now that you think, Lord, I do not see how this is ever going to change. I cannot see what the answers are here. I cannot visualize even what the breakthrough might look like. Or I'm worried about this all the time, but I'm not really sure, Lord, if you even want to do or say anything about it. We've got these kind of things going on in our lives. And the beginning of a faith-filled prayer very often is that we decide we are going to step and go up the mountain, so to speak, make a journey, make a decision to talk to the Lord about it in a conscious and deliberate and set apart kind of a way. And I know it sounds obvious, people of God, but I think, if we're honest, you, you might be a bit like me from time to time. We think we're praying about stuff in the ongoing, everyday stuff. We're talking to the Lord. Yes, we are. Absolutely, we are. But there are times in our lives when the Lord says, come up the mountain to meet me, and you will find a different level of breakthrough, power, and intervention in the things that you're talking about. And I feel the Lord wants to remind us of that this morning. And it is not just for the people who have the absolute privilege and liberty of being able to go away to a prayer and fasting conference for three days or whatever. Yes, those times are brilliant and wonderful. And if you can possibly do it, do it. But I'm talking about the shorter mountain journeys that we might take, but just as deliberate, just as conscious, just as needing to pack the bag because this is what we're going to do now and not anything else and meet with the Lord. I was reading some quotes <clears throat> about prayer from a wonderful writer on prayer, E.M. Bounds, that Faith introduced me to many years ago and I know many of you know his writings. This is what he said about faith and prayer. Faith must be definite, specific, 
an unqualified, unmistakable request for the things we asked for. It is not to be vague, indefinite, shadowy thing. It must be something more than an abstract belief in God's willingness and ability to do things for us. It is to be a definite, specific asking for and expecting the things for which we ask. I wonder if that describes our prayer life at the moment. That's my challenge to us this morning. And really, as I read this passage, there were words and phrases that were leaping out to me in God's conversation with Moses up that mountain. And by the way, Jesus gives us, doesn't he, the fulfillment of these mountain meetings when we look at his ministry and his life. Jesus went up the mountain to meet with the Lord and pray. You know, so I don't know, maybe you can get to the top of Forest Hill, <laughs> go up to Horniman. You don't necessarily have to go to a high place, but there's something visual about that because he was saying kind of with his very body and with his very being, wasn't he, that, you know, I'm going to get up high somewhere with God. (laughs) And Jesus did it too. He shows us that rhythm of prayer in our lives that we need to get out and go to make some requests, to bring things before the Lord. And as I read this conversation between Moses and God, I could see there were words coming out that were releasing very full of power and life for the people of God at that time, that Moses was going to go back down the mountain and relay to them and talk to them about. Beautiful things coming from that encounter. And I found five things like that, um, and I managed to make them all begin with C. So it's a good thing, isn't it, this morning? (laughs) Uh, I didn't have my pictures behind me, because you can still remember what I'm saying, because they begin with C. So in verse 4, you might have noticed how it says that the Lord bore Israel or carried Israel on eagles' wings. And that's the first thing that I want to say to us this morning. It's about being carried. Because some of us need to take a mountain walk with Jesus. Some of us need to make a deliberate climb to talk to the Lord because we need to be carried at the moment in our lives. Because there is stuff going on for us that is overwhelming and crushing and pushing us down. The people of Israel needed to be carried on the eagle wings of God out of the place of Egypt where they had been enslaved, where they had been ill-treated, where they had been abused, where they would have been traumatized. They had fled for their very lives through very, very shocking and traumatizing circumstances to get out of that place and into the wilderness. And here the Lord says, yes, but I carried you. I carried you out on my wings. And there is a genuine experience of the carrying of God through difficult times, through even the times that you might think to yourself, nobody else knows or understands what I am facing right now. The things are too painful. The things are too distressing. They go very, very deep. They're too personal. I can't even talk about them because I feel so bruised and battered because the things and the battles that I'm facing, 
are physical, because they are also spiritual, because they are also emotional, because they are also affecting my mind and the way I think about things. And we go through times in our lives like that, don't we, from time to time. And there are some of us here who know we're in a time like that, and we need to know that the Lord is carrying us. And I want to say to you this morning that if we will meet the Lord in prayer over that, you will know his carrying wings. You will experience that, even against all the odds, even when you think, I couldn't possibly feel any better in this situation. I was remembering <clears throat> a time a long time ago when um, a, a wonderful guy that many of you might remember or will know, but um, Ken and Ruth Hodgson um, were members of ICTHUS many years ago. And all of a sudden, very shockingly and very suddenly, Ruth died in a car accident and Ken was left without his wife, whom he loved. And I remember that there was at that time, because it was such a shocking and, and traumatic experience, very sudden and very painful for him to deal with, of course, and also with two young children to look after and to be there for. I remember there was a group of people who were regularly committed to going up the mountain on his behalf, to praying specifically that the Lord would meet him in this tragedy and carry him through. And I'm sure he was also going up the mountain. But some of us are called to do it on behalf of others, like that group of people in Ichthus at that time. And I kind of became part of it because I'd heard about it. I knew about it because he, they were close to our family. So I was praying like that too. But I remember that he gave such a beautiful testimony. And I've mentioned it here before, I know. But after that time, after that season, he looked back and he said that sometimes he would wake up in the morning and the crushing weight of all that he was feeling and experiencing would hit him like a big heavy weight in the morning. But then he said, and then suddenly he, he would say, from out of nowhere, just this little moment of hope would come in and I would feel lifted and I just knew that people were praying for me. I knew there were people up the mountain meeting with the Lord because when we ask him to do those things, he moves, he does it. It's not just a vague idea, he will meet us. And some of us need to get before the Lord and talk to him about being carried, whether it's our own lives or whether it's to help carry somebody else through a difficult time and season right now. Maybe the Lord's speaking to some of us right now about that. But then as we go on in that conversation, we see that God talks to Moses and he mentions that Israel is his own possession, his special treasure. You can translate that. And I've made it into a sea. We're being carried, but we're also being cherished. I want to use that word this morning. And Moses has this conversation with God in that meeting place. And Israel can know, Israel can experience at a deep and profound level that they are cherished by God, that they have value and worth, that they matter and that they mean something. And you know, sometimes in our lives, we lose contact with how precious we are to the Lord. 
And sometimes I think it's enemy oppression can come in and cut us off so that we can't even hear the good things that God wants to speak deep into our lives. We can't hear the encouragements. We can't hear the uplifting things that are going on around us or that people want to say or that the Lord himself wants to pour into our lives. And there's a a, a, va- a vacuum inside of us that needs to know that we are seen and that we are cherished by God, that we are his special treasure, his own possession, like he was saying to Israel. But you know, when we get up the mountain, when we talk to the Lord about those things, I want to challenge us if we know for ourselves, I'm in a place like that right now. I just can't feel what God feels for me. I can't feel it and know it inside. Or maybe we know somebody else who's going through that kind of a time. They're feeling cut off. I want to challenge us this morning that we can go up the mountain to the Lord and we can present it before him and he will release his cherishing, valuing, affirming, deeply um, committed and faithful love towards us. We will know it. We will feel it. I can remember doing this myself a number of years ago now. I remember I kind of came to a time where, for lots of different reasons and circumstances, but I really felt like giving up. And I felt like everything I was doing was useless and a waste of time and not very effective and not very fruitful and that I would be better spent doing something completely different. And I was in a very low place inwardly. And I knew that people around me were saying all kinds of wonderful things and encouraging things. They were. They always do. You always do, wonderful congregation. People were saying encouragements and, and you know, um, saying the right things in the right moments. But somehow in here... I just, I couldn't hear it. And I kept feeling this sense of, I think it's time to just give up. I think it's time to move on and do something else. I think it's time to take a new pathway in my life. And I remember I decided, and this is what I want to encourage you, people of God, when you meet these places in your lives. But I decided I was going to go up the mountain and talk to the Lord about it properly, rather than just feeling it all the time. And then, you know, turning over all of these negative solutions in my mind. And I went to the Lord specifically and deliberately about this one thing. I think maybe I'd avoided doing it for some time because I thought it maybe was a bit selfish and a bit self-centered to come talk about how I was feeling in that way. But I did it. And I talked to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, I don't want to tell you what to do. but probably I do. But Lord, I think what I really, I need somebody completely outside of all of this to tell me that I'm in the right place. Somebody not in the general way of things that I'm meeting every day. I just need a word that comes from out somewhere outside. Please, Lord, give me a word. I don't know if you've ever prayed like that before. But I remember it was really amazing. The very next day after I did that, I took that specific time to pray and talk to the Lord about how I was feeling. I asked him to meet me in it. And the next day, I had a phone call from an unknown number. And it's somebody I had not spoken to for 10 years. I knew them, knew the family as a child. They moved away. Completely unexpected person. Their number not even in my phone anymore, but I knew who he was. And he rang me up. He said, I rang you on the off chance. I know you're really busy. I didn't think you would answer, but he said, but I was praying for you the other day and I felt the Lord wanted to say to you, 
Don't give up. You're in the right place. And the God has got fruitful things to come for you. And it was so incredible. It met me right in that place that I needed to know that the Lord saw and I was cherished. And then that's not all because the Lord is very good. <laughs> but even later on that same day, I got a call and I wanted to share this because it's to do with Tori. But I got a, a message from Tori in Myanmar. Now, she prays for me all the time. She's a very encouraging person in that way. But this was, for the very first time, Marja was asking to speak to me because Marja said she had a word for me who works with Tori in Myanmar. And she'd never done that before. I knew she did pray for me from time to time, but she had a word for me. And she shared it, and it was similarly encouragement. Two people, totally unexpected and outside of the general way. And what I'm saying is, if you are in that kind of a place, or if you know someone who is, let's get up the mountain and ask the Lord to meet us in that place, because he will release that sense of being cherished and seen. And it will invigorate our lives and help us to fulfill what God is calling us to do. The third C is all about calling. Carried, cherished, but also called, in verse 6, as kings and priests. God calls Israel a kingdom of priests, or kings and priests, we could think of it like that. What an amazing name for the people of God. He calls us in the New Testament kings and priests. Why does that matter? Because it speaks of authority, that God has called us and made us as his people to carry authority like a king, to bring order when the enemy is pressing in and needs to be dealt with. And did you know that you carry that same authority, that that calling is on your life? So when we feel the oppressions of the enemy in our lives, we can rise up and take authority in prayer and deal with the enemy and see him pushed out of the situations that we are in. And similarly, as priests, this is part of our calling, that word priest, it's to do with those being those who can bring other people closer to God. Maybe there are people in your life that you long to see moving into relationship with Jesus and you think, how, Lord, could you ever use me to talk to that person? How could you use me to reach my family member? I am ill-equipped. I don't know how to do it. I don't have the words. I don't have the gifts. I don't know how to do it. I know you want me to be a witness for you, Lord, but I don't know how. And here, Israel was being reminded and empowered again in their calling as priests, as a priestly people, the kind of people who could bring others in to the knowledge of God and relationship with Jesus Christ, ultimately. And that is our calling too. And sometimes we lose a hold of it. And sometimes we don't remember who we are. We don't remember that we have authority to see the enemy off. I remember somebody many years ago when I was working in New Life Congregation. And uh, she started to talk to me and she said, you know, this has been going on for me for a long time, she said. 
And I didn't really think even to pray about it. But suddenly she said, the Lord spoke to me and I thought, I need to deliberately go up the mountain. I need to deliberately talk to the Lord about the fact that she felt in her home, she felt that there was a kind of demonic presence that would come and go in her home. Maybe some of you have experienced that kind of thing yourselves. And uh, it would come and oppress her and her children from time to time. And she would feel very fearful. It would make sometimes make the children fearful to go to sleep at night because they would see things or hear things and feel that there was something supernatural and unclean happening around in their home. And she said to me, do you think we can pray about this? <laughs> and I remember I thought to myself, yes, I absolutely do. We can take authority over this. This lady belongs to the Lord Jesus. Her family belongs to the Lord Jesus. We can see the enemy kicked out. Now, this had been going on really for years and years and years since before she had come to know the Lord. And so she asked me, can we make a time? So we made a deliberate, definite time. We got into that house together and somebody else came with us too. We moved around every room. We deliberately talked to the Lord about this situation. Would you, Lord Jesus, get the enemy out of this home, out of this house, out of this family, all his oppressive shadows and feelings and, and oppressions? And we prayed and we'd spent quite a long time doing that. And at the end of that time, uh, we looked at each other and we felt, yep, I feel peaceful, feel good. And from that day on, she never had any of those experiences ever again happening in her home that had been going on for so long. And she said to me afterwards, I don't know what took me so long to think, to talk to the Lord about it specifically and take authority, you know. And in that place, her authority grew. And similarly, as we seek to bring other people to the Lord, maybe there's someone on your heart that you want to be priestly to, but you're not really sure if you've got it. You're not sure if you've got the skills. I felt the Lord was saying, come and meet me about it. Come and talk to me specifically about the people you want to reach. Make some time to talk to me properly about those people who you carry in your heart all of the time. And I remembered when I did that a little while ago um, for one of our neighbors. And I was saying, Lord, you know, I really love these neighbors of ours. And I really want to share Jesus with them. But I just don't have an opportunity. I don't know how. I don't want to bring it up in a clunky way. I don't want to make them feel Bible bashed or something. I, I, they already um, like to call us um, you know, it's the Flanders, isn't it, from the Simpsons? Yeah, they're the Christian ones. They, they like to call us the Flanders next door. They're very kind, and they love us. But I didn't want to make them feel any more like that, you know. So, but I remember, I, but I particularly, I went up the mountain about it, and I talked to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, I really love this person. How can I share something of you with them? And it was not long after that. Um, that actually that she came to me herself because her mum very sadly had passed away. And she said to me, do you do funeral services or would you do the service for my mum? And I was able, I just had this incredible opportunity to lead the service for her mum's funeral. And in that process, I got to sit with her in her home to talk to her about what she believed about God and to pray with her. And it was all on her terms and with her invitation. I remember saying to the Lord afterwards, Lord, you know, the little things like, how do I talk to my neighbors? I can meet you and you will release your power and your answers for those things. Just a couple of things before we close today. 
carried, cherished, calling. Also in verse 6, they were made clean. God calls them a holy nation. The people of God were a holy nation. And sometimes we need to get up the mountain to ask God to deal with particular sins in our lives. Not just hope that we will stop doing it or that we will find a way through or that it will eventually go away and stop tormenting us. Sometimes there are particular patterns that we are in and we need to get up the mountain and trust and have a bit of faith that the Lord can break us free from patterns and habits and behaviors that in the end just make us feel unclean, unworthy and unable to be held by him. I remember a guy that we ministered to and prayed with, um, again, in New Life congregation in Greenwich. And um, he came into the church and had a wonderful response to the Lord Jesus. But he had in his life, um, it started out as a recreational drug habit, and then it turned into something he could not control. And he was very addicted to cocaine and other types of drugs. And he really wanted to be free. And he would try so hard. He would wrestle with this stuff and it would come back in on his life again. And it was like a bondage he couldn't break until finally he came and he said, look, I think me just trying to be a good Christian and sort of not do these things anymore, it's not working. I need to get up the mountain. I need to actually talk to the Lord now just about this specifically. And we made some time. And we had some people who were regularly praying in a very specific way for him. It meant sometimes being woken up in the middle of the night to pray for him when there were temptations, when there were pressures coming in. But we had it as a focus and as time, deliberate time that we made to pray into those things. And, you know, he got completely free from that addiction in his life. And actually, I just wanted to read you this morning because he wrote a poem during that time and I just wanted to read it to you because you know maybe it's not an addiction problem like that but there are things in our lives that plague us and make us feel unclean and I felt the Lord wanted to release faith this morning for some of us who feel like that who feel there are things that we just can't get a handle on or get on top of in our lives and the Lord was saying have faith bring it to me up the mountain you will find breakthrough This is what this young man wrote. It's called, can't give up, can't give in. Too much to lose when living in sin. Confused and twisted, the bitterness infested. Trying to be up front, but instead get confronted. Abused and neglected, society deems me as infected. Dejected, rejected, and feeling segregated. The addiction, confusion, contorted delusion, the events of my life offering no substitution, the world pushing me to lead a life of consumption, leading me astray through money and seduction. Will there ever be an end to this need and this greed? At first it was just fun, but it's planted a seed. I feel like giving in and conceding to these thieves that steal from me, leaving demons within me that breed. They're offering me things I don't want, I don't need. What I need is to kill them without stopping to grieve. I need to find the power within me to fight. Fists clenched tight, strength and might. Need to be positive, look to the light. Be strong against the wolf that attacks me at night. Need forgiveness for my wrongs. 
Start doing what's right. Keep focused on my goal. Keep it in sight. Keeping it tight. Keeping it right. Keeping the fire that's burning alight. Got to keep pushing. Don't give in to the plight. Got to keep close and draw my strength from Christ. Got to keep praying. Keep the word in my life. Got to keep close and draw my strength from Christ. Just love that. It's like a little testimony in his own words. But he found that breakthrough because he went up the mountain with the Lord. And the last thing as we close. In verse 9. The last sea was the cloud. They knew, they found they were carried, they were cherished, they were called, they were clean. And then they found the cloud surrounding them. And the cloud of God's presence was how the people of God corporately knew that they were meeting with the living God. They experienced the cloud wrapping around them and it was like the very presence of God. And you know, we can call on the Lord for those experiences too. I was thinking about some people I know in another church far away. They've been church leaders for a long time. And they describe in their testimony how they came to a point in their lives where they were looking around on, on their Sunday meetings and they were saying, Lord, I don't know if the cloud of your presence is really with us. Are you here? Things feel dry. Things feel a bit dead. There are no people getting saved. There's no people getting baptized. Where is your presence, Lord? And they decided they were going to go up the mountain to do something about it. And the way they did it was they approached an older couple that they knew not part of their church, but part of a different stream and a different denomination in the town. And they went to them and they said, what do we do about this dryness? We need to know that God is with us. And that older couple said, you need me to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As simple as that, really. But they'd not experienced that before, this faithful couple. And uh, they describe how they knelt down in this older couple's front room and uh, they went up the mountain together and they talked to the Lord and they called on him about the dryness and the emptiness that they felt in their ministry, in their experience of what God was doing. And as they prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to come, that couple were totally filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit and anointed and baptized in his presence. And they walked out from that place and they walked into a whole new season in their church life. And they would have, you know, some, often um, baptisms would be happening every other week because there were so many people coming to faith that they were baptizing them regularly on that basis. And there was a beautiful power, sense of the move of God. And I sense that some of us, we feel thirsty for the cloud of God's presence. Maybe amongst us, we do meet with him, but maybe amongst us in greater power, in greater glory, maybe in our own personal lives that we're feeling dry and that we want to know the cloud is wrapping around us. We need an anointing of the Holy Spirit, in other words. And again, this is something we can be deliberate about. We can come to the Lord and ask him. And I just want to close now because maybe one of those things resonates with something in your life at the moment. Let's just respond together for a moment. Let's just be quiet as I sum up and pray. Because maybe you know you need to be carried. 
or you know someone else who needs to be carried in this season. Or maybe you need to know and to hear and believe that you are cherished and valuable and precious to God. Or maybe you need to remember and live out of your kingly calling in Jesus or your priestly calling in Jesus to get the enemy off our backs or to bring someone else to encounter Jesus. Maybe you know you need to get clean and free of some kind of sin, see its power over you broken. Or maybe you long to feel the cloud descending around you and around God's people. And I want to just challenge us as we pray now. If you know that one of those things resonates with you, we're not going to come forward for prayer now. I want to challenge you to go up the mountain. Right now, think about it. You're going to make some time. You're going to decide to pray. Maybe that's with someone else. You can come and talk to me, talk to your house group leader, talk to somebody else in the congregation, a friend, and make some time to pray about the issue, to bring it before the Lord consciously, deliberately. It's the first step of faith. Let's allow the Lord to guide us and lead us in those responses. But let's just pray now. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you love to meet with us. Help us, Lord, to be the kinds of people that have faith in our prayers, expecting that you will answer and do something if we bring it before you. Help us to be the kinds of people who are willing to make time and space to meet with you. Help us to be the kinds of people who find the beauty and the grace that helps us in every time of need. Deepen our prayer lives, Lord Jesus. I want to pray that your Holy Spirit will even now just release a fresh wave of your life over our prayer lives, however we would describe them right now. Help us to find times and spaces to bring faith-filled prayers to you and expect answers. Lord, I pray that there will be a joy and a flow of testimony rising up in these days to come because we are bringing things before you and expecting that you're going to break through. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would know this is for every one of us, not just those who have more time or seem more holy, that all of us, Lord, would learn how to go up the mountain and find you in whatever rhythm works for us. Lord, I pray, release um, can do, Lord, release hope, release faith, that we might be a people of prayer that can see these beautiful breakthroughs. In your name, amen. Amen. Let your living word abide in me so richly as I abide in you. Let your living